Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. All thanks and praise is due to God. We thank God for everything. We seek God's help and forgiveness. We seek refuge in God from the evil within ourselves and the consequences of our evil deeds. Whoever God guides will never be led astray. And whoever God leads astray will never find guidance. I bear witness that there is no God but God alone, without any partners. And I bear witness that Muhammad is God's servant and God's messenger. You who believe, be mindful of God, as is God's due. And make sure you devote yourselves to God, to your dying moment. That's Quran 3.102. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of God, the most compassionate and the most merciful. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be on you. First of all, I would like to say thank you to God and to the Women's Mosque for inviting me. And before I even begin, I would like to apologize that I'm going to actually read so forgive me for that. Alhamdulillah, all, all praise is to God. First of all, I thank God for the opportunity to share the thoughts and the words that may serve to bring us all closer to Islam and closer together in the spirit of unity, love and dedication to our faith and belief. That there is no God but God and Muhammad is the messenger of God. The purpose of my talk is to enhance our aqidah and our iman, which is our faith, and remind myself and my sisters of some of the aspects of our beautiful religion. I thank God for the existence of Women's Mosque of America, which welcomes and hosts a diverse congregation of Muslim women. Today, in these few minutes that have been given to me, I want to share and remind my sisters of the importance of caring for an orphan as prescribed by our religion, Islam. Before I even attempt to shed light on the importance of caring for orphans, I want to emphasize that our religion is the most comprehensive, all-embracing, all-encompassing religion which provides us with a code of conduct and standard of care for our behavior for ourselves and our behavior towards other people. You might notice that sometimes when I speak, I will speak like an attorney because I happen to be one, things like codes of conduct. But it's all in good jest and I hope it doesn't detract from, from the simplicity of the message. We are Muslims and Islam teaches us Hukkul Allah and Hukkul Ibad. Hukkul Allah means the rights of God. Hukkul Ibad means the rights of people. There's a close relationship between the two. It is reciprocal relationship. If we want to work for Allah, want to become committed and conscious Muslims, and be mindful of what he wants, and make a rational decision in our lives to work for Allah, in all voluntary aspects and activities of our lives. We must actively seek to please Allah. Those wanting to work for Allah, all of us, any of us, 
must cultivate some special awareness of what Allah has asked us to do, what he wants from us, who does he want us to care for. The recommendations and the guidance in our religion consists of two aspects, as I mentioned earlier. Some of them can be called huqul Allah, that is what we owe to Allah, and some of them are considered huqul ibad, what we owe to others as, as human beings. As Muslims, we understand that first things that Allah has asked of us is to pray, and to fast, and to pay zakat. Zakat simply means, as we most of us know, is pay a percentage of our wealth to charity, and to perform hajj, uh, which is the pilgrimage of hajj. But let's not and never forget that we will be accounted for on the day of judgment about what we are doing and how we are interacting with Allah's creation with people, with all of us around us. How, how are we interacting with one another in the society? This month on, this, uh, on Sunday, 8th of May, we all celebrated Mother's Day. Mothers are primary caregivers of children. That's because mothers play a pivotal role in the care and the development of their children. We all have mothers. We all, some of us are mothers, and some of us will become mothers. But those children who lose their parents are without the love and guidance and the provisions provided by the mothers and fathers. And these are children who are most in need of emotional and financial support. Despite their circumstances, Allah has mercy on these children. They will feel Allah's love when he inspires Muslims around them to tend to them and to find homes for them. My grandmother adopted her niece, whom she was the closest to, who became her first daughter and part of her life before my grandmother even had her own children. Her bond with her adopted first daughter was from the start till the end, the most strongest and the most loving. So I have been very lucky to actually have a first-hand experience of seeing adoption in action and the bond and the beauty of it and the strength of relationship, which is between the adopted child and the adopted parent. That's being my aunt and my, my grandmother. We look, when we look, and if we look around us in this world, especially in many Muslim countries like Indonesia, Egypt, Morocco, and Pakistan, to name a few, we see how orphans are treated and how they can be looked at as if they are a burden. There is an entrenchment in some of the cultures, a stigma about caring for children who are born out of wedlock as well. So not all of them are orphans, but even ones who are not cared for are sometimes treated like orphans. They are a bit like orphans, not cared for. We are aware of Muslims' resistance to adoption for fear of violating their rights, which ironically prevents them from caring for the orphans at all. And cultural preference of biological children is is always over-adopted. So for instance, 
after having my first child, when my husband wanted to have extend our family, he said, let's have another child. And I said, well, let's adopt. And he, he obviously was not very happy with the idea because generally speaking, culturally, we, 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 we think we, that we must continue to have our own bloodline. Um, and there is a cultural, cultural resistance to adoption, uh, which, is, which is unfortunate. In any event, I did not adopt, but I only had one child. And by the grace of God, here I am. Uh, maybe in the future I will adopt. Uh, today in the month of Shaban, uh, on Juma, I'm fortunate enough to be able to talk about orphans. Um, orphans are those young children whose parents have passed away. Allah mentions in the Quran, in over 20 verses in the Quran, um, he mentions orphans. It is very clear from the Quran and the Hadith that orphans have an elevated status in Islam. To mention a few, Quran 2.83, and you shall do good to your parents and to the near of kin and to orphans. Orphans are mentioned right after the word parent and kin because when going outside the circle of relatives, the orphans are the most deserving of kindness. As we all know, that our beloved a prophet was also an orphan. He lost his father before he was born and his mother passed away when he was just six years old. And his grandfather passed away when he was just eight. In Surah Ad-Duha 93.6, Allah addresses the Prophet directly, Prophet directly. Have we not found thee an orphan and given thee shelter? In the Quran, Surah Al-Insan 76.8, God describes the righteous people as those who give food to the orphans. So now I'm just going to list a few verses where, where orphans have been mentioned. And they give food out of love for him to the poor and the orphans and captives. We feed you only for the countenance of Allah. We wish not from you reward or gratitude. And remember, we took a covenant from the children of Israel to this effect. Worship none but Allah. Treat with kindness your parents, kindred, and orphans and those in need speak fair to the people be steadfast in prayers and practice regular charity surah al-baqarah 215 states they ask thee what they should spend in charity say whatever you spend that is good is for the parents and kindred and orphans and those in want. So my sisters, these are just a few places in the Holy Quran, Holy and Wise Quran, that makes us think about the orphans, the young human beings who have no parents. We need to look at these issues with a broader and a more informed perspective. 
rooted in the lives of our Rasulullah our Prophet, and in the Quran. Clearly, Allah orders that we take care of the orphans by improving their lives. May Allah enable us to take heed, understand, and do what needs to be done, inshallah. In chapter 4, verse 1 to 7, Allah calls for justly treating the orphan children. Therefore, our community must be raised with a thought of justice and equity towards the orphans. Quran 89:17-18 states, Nay, but you do not honor the orphans, nor do you urge each other to feed the poor. In the case of adopted orphans, God helps them to reconnect with other children and to live their lives amidst other children for support and love. The security of a family is and can never be replaced, but the security can be reestablished through other family while living in the family that has adopted the child. The love of a mother and a father is never replaced, but the trusting love of a carer and somebody who actually nurtures can be established. May Allah enable us all to take heed, understand, and do whatever needs to be done, inshallah. I say what I have said. May God forgive us all. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. All praise and thanks is due to God. My sisters, I want to continue to highlight a few more verses where orphans have been brought to our attention in the Quran. To orphans restore their property when they reach their age. Nor substitute your worthless things for their good ones and devour not their substance. That's in Surah Al-Nisa. Further in Surah An-Nisa, it stated, But if at the time of the division, other relatives or orphans or poor are present, feed them out of the property and speak to them words of kindness and justice. Last but not least, once again, I remind myself and others that the Prophet said, The one who cares for an orphan and myself will be brought together in paradise like this. And he held his two fingers together. So that is just to say that the person who actually cares for an orphan and Rasulullah they will be close to one another on the day of judgment. So having reminded ourselves of the importance of caring for an orphan, one then asks oneself, well, what can we do? How can we actually care for orphan? How do we actually articulate this concept and turn it into a practical thing in our lives? Well, there are a number of ways and levels of help and involvement that we can offer. The first thing would be to give time, time, precious, precious time. We shall not return. One can decide to give time to charities and help them in their fundraising, activities and publicity. Organizations like Helping Hands and Sabah Homes 
and other organizations which I will not name, but you all sisters can do your own research and find the charities that support orphans, are always looking for volunteers to help raise awareness and give light um, and building ways to form relationships with the orphans. The other thing that we can do is give money. So time, and if not time, we can actually give money. I just want to emphasize that time is something that will not return, but any money we can earn. That's why I have prioritized time. I've said time is it's much more precious. So giving time is very important. And then, of course, money. Another way to actually help is to give money. Um, and then you can find the charity that you want to support that help orphans. You can pay online. You can make checks. Um, and with certain organizations, you can actually decide how you want to make those payments. You can make monthly payments or yearly payments. You can also count that towards, by the way, zakat. Uh, and, and mandatory payments as well. So you can actually find ways to fund these, um, these organizations. And finally, another way would be to give by mentoring, fostering, and adopting a child. And so this is really a combination of giving time and money and more, giving a bit of yourself. Like my grandmother did when she adopted within her family, so you can adopt within the family, within the country, or even outside the country. Um, there are processes and methods of adopting. Again, there's a lawyer coming out, and I have to advise on that, which is there are proper adoption agencies. So there are processes and procedures for adopting within the country, and there are proper ways of adopting internationally as well. So the two separate processes apply for children that you wish to adopt by U.S. citizens, depending on which country you, used to, you want to adopt from. One is a process that is under the Hague Convention, and the other is the non-Hague Convention process. Um, another process would be to apply as U.S. citizens or as a permanent resident, as a petitioner for immediate relative. In the U.S., as such, it is easy to adopt through a foster care system, and many children who are in need can be supported within the country as well. I would like to add here that it is important to note that Syria is not signed up as a Hague Adoptive Convention country, and therefore, if you want to do that, go through any other agency that, that would, would be able to help as well. Again, I'm just preempting the fact that if somebody wants to adopt from these countries where there is war and bloodshed, then it is a possibility. It is doable. Last but not the least, that what we can do is to make du'a and speak words of kindness. These are two acts at the two ends of the spectrum, but both are very powerful and potent. Du'a and words of kindness. I hope today's talk will encourage all of us, all of us dear sisters, to think about something that we can do, great or small, to help an orphan. Let's never forget that our beloved prophet was an orphan. 
Allah bestowed upon an orphan the love and the privilege and the honor of becoming a leader of Islam. Peace be upon him. Death, destruction, and pain are terrible forces within this world, in this world. Tragedy that affects a child is a horrible thing to happen to anyone. But the reality of life is that we have the opportunity to make things better. We can rise up to the challenge and make a contribution and try and make this world a better place by perhaps helping a single child one at a time. And whosoever saves one, as if it is that he has saved mankind entirely. That is what is said in respect of saving even just one child, one orphan, would make a big difference. We have and we should take this opportunity to help the orphans. So I would request all the sisters to think about assisting the orphans and just thinking about them. At the table at the back, I've also got some leaflets from an organization called Helping Hand, so you can actually sponsor an orphan. Um, you can take those leaflets with you as well um, and, and distribute them amongst friends. So just by raising awareness, if you cannot give at this moment, you can perhaps make others aware of it, so, which, is, which is a part of serving the orphans. God commands... Justice, doing good, generosity towards relatives, God forbids what is shameful, blameworthy, and oppressive. God teaches you so that you may take heed. Waqim as-salah, let's perform our prayers.